Good afternoon, everyone, and welcome to the West Prince Sports Review, proudly brought to you by West Print. Uh, their address is 9 Perry Street in New Lynn. Their number is 0982785531. And their email is westprint.co.nz. We are having a few technical difficulties at our end, and that is, and that is because we're unable to get through to AJ Wetton. I've spoken to AJ off here, so it's something at our end that's not at his end. So what I'm going to do is just going to rattle through some of the highlights of the weekend. Um, so we we could try. We're just going to try and maybe get AJ just to call in. So we'll just try that. So yeah. So we might as well get to it. What a great game of rugby it was there on. <clears throat> Sorry, I'm trying to do two things at once. I'm not here to multitask, and I apologise to everyone. Okay, so what a great game of rugby it was over the weekend. Oh, and so we're just going to get AJ Wheaton to probably just try and call in at, 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 at our end. So we'll just, we'll just, hopefully we can get him on there. Great weekend of uh, rugby. Uh, we, we obviously have had um, one of the best games of rugby I've ever seen. He, and full credit to the South Africans. A real smart change by the South African coach who has um, made some critical changes. And one of them was around the front rows. Now, when Marks came in, he, he really strengthened up that front row. And it, it tended to bully us off the ball a bit. Also, um, I felt that while Geordie Barrett had a good game in A Severe, I felt we were lacking within our type five. Uh, the South African loose ball. It was very good to Lisi and looks like we've got AJ. Yep. Have we got Go AJ? Good. Cool. Okay, thanks, AJ. Hey, good day, AJ. How you going, mate? You're probably listening to my ramble, but what a great match of rugby over the weekend. South Africa thirty one, New Zealand twenty nine. Yeah, look at it Hello? lived up for once. It, it lived up once to its height, didn't it? Um oh, so yeah. we were delighted. How's that? Feel a bit better? Oh yeah, it feels much better. Okay, so um, yep, yep, it's a lot better. Sorry, but sorry, for listeners, they're just having a few sound issues. But yeah, yeah. So what a great match it was, AJ. And I tell you something, but from what I could see, was the South African coach really made a fantastic change. And I was rattling it on to our listeners beforehand. Was that um, he basically changed his front row before half time, and for that man, Mark at hooker for South Africa, he is an absolute beast. <laughs> yeah, they're all beasts, mate. I think they all have an impala for breakfast. But, uh, no, I thought that the game lived up to a type. Uh, both teams uh, had a good crack at a real old ding-dong, what we really probably wanted a week ago. Uh, but uh, the Africans certainly came out to play some hard, bruising rugby uh, and set up with a wee bit of skill. So uh, great advertisement for rugby. And, um, as I said, uh, I think they had a game plan and they just implemented it a lot better than what the All Blacks did and hence came out with a winning result. Yeah, it absolutely did. And, of course, um, one of the things was, and, I, and, and you know, like it was it was a, a match where it just seesawed about. Um, there was some great play by the South African forward dominator, Geordie Barrett, you know. Yeah, that guy is just, uh, he is probably one of the, he's been the best in this whole championship for the All Blacks as far as I'm concerned. And and then again, then right at the end, the, set, the All Blacks couldn't close out the game, a penalty for offside, and then Sapphire couldn't take it. 
So, so that's really, AJ, I, I really think this has given us a, a real, um, it's really given us a bit of a wake-up call. And as we head towards the uh, Northern Tour where we have the USA, um, Ireland, Italy, Wales and France, and I really feel that France or Wales could be a real tough one for us and no disrespect to the Irish, the Italians or the Americans. <laughs> Well, look, I think, um, yeah, look, we going, the Northern Tour is always going to be tough. It's a different sort of uh, style of rugby, not as expensive. I, I think the match on the weekend, or you'll see more rugby than you will on the others, uh, competing against the All Blacks, but that's just the nature of the beast. I just thought that uh, the second half, the Springboks came out with just a bit more of a sharper attitude. I, I think the All Blacks had done well. Uh, they scored a couple of good tries, uh, but uh, my word, in the second half, I just thought they were playing catch-up a bit. Uh, the physicality of the Springboks, I think they had a different energy, uh, especially in that uh, ruck situation. The uh, second phase, we seemed to be taken off the ball. We didn't seem to have the numbers there. Uh, this boy, um, Francois Stain, came on. I don't know what he's packed on a few pounds, Biggie, but by word, he seemed to be the catalyst for the side, uh, some important accuracy kicking, and I think they just got their tails up. I think we were just a wee bit wanting. Um, we just weren't quite as a team uh, this evening Blackadder um, I certainly certainly like the look of him he just kept on going straight at them brings mm. that physicality mm. uh, but look mm. I just think we just got outplayed in the second half, hats off to South Africa more dominant, more physical and uh, more disciplined around the ruck area and um, that referee um, had to control those areas because if he got it wrong you know, it was a, it was a three-pointer on the line. So, uh, agree with Cody Barrett. Certainly came out with uh, ticks in all the right boxes, the go-to man. Um, thought we were just a wee bit um, lacking at, at midfield. I just think the combination wasn't quite there. Uh, but, hey, some things to work on. You won the championship. Hats off to Mr Foster and the team. Uh, they won another trophy. Uh, but it certainly made it interesting going into the Northern Hemisphere rugby that... Uh, yeah, not uh, it's not 100%, is it? No, it certainly isn't. While we, while we move on to the MPC, what a great weekend it was, AJ. Started off on Friday. <laughs> uh, Rene Ranger playing his 100th game for Northland, uh, 38 points to 28 against Waikato. And basically, um, fantastic, a bit of an upset, but a great result for uh, Northland. And, of course, then, then we had the Saturday early game, which was Manawatu 27, Otago 14. Yeah, so once again, we're winching that man, uh, um, Alan Smith. He just seems to oh, brilliant. You know, speed up the yeah. game. Um, certainly with Manawatu, boy, they look a different side, don't they? Uh, they look extremely oh. competitive. Uh, I think they've kept that uh, team mostly together, so I think it's uh, starting to pay um, dividends. I like the boy Cameron at first five, that combination with Aaron. I thought he ran the cutter extremely well. Uh, you got some big Lucy's. You know, I think it's Howard on at six. I was watching him, number eight Lucy. So um, yeah, and they match it up with a couple of big boys in, in, in the front row with Mitchell and Torrance Reed. So uh, I think they've got a uh, good team, a solid team, come to fruition. And I must admit, it was good to see Ione out there in the number ten jersey for a target. It certainly was, and fantastic when, of course, uh, Brent Cameron, a former All Black, who played one test against Japan, and of course he has a bit of a fan club, led by our old mate Hamish Mackay. So, <laughs> so anyone who wants to do, join, oh yeah, well, he, anyone who wants to join the um, fan club, give Hamish a call. What a what a game the Bay of Plenty um, Wellington game was. Uh, 33-32, Bay of Plenty scoring right on the buzzer. 
right on injury time. What a fantastic game that was. Yep, yep. Bloody good. I, I, look, I think the NPC is providing some really good rugby. Look, we're starved of football, uh, sadly, in Auckland and Level 3 here. We've got yeah. our three teams. Counties, Auckland, North, and, uh, sorry, um, um, North Harbour still out of the action. Uh, but what we're getting is some really good rugby. Uh, again, Wellington, they're just having one of those seasons. Good enough to win, good enough to win, but not quite knocking it on the head. And I must admit, this Bay of Plenty, you know, you've got big Selby Wicket there with Sangster in the middle row. You've got uh, front row. I like the look of them. Uh, Terry Black, again, uh, with uh, Tauria Rangi. Nice combination. And, uh, boy, they got some pace on the wings there uh, with Tapili out there and, and Carter. And I just think they're just an all-round side that are confident. They're playing uh, with that confidence uh, as a team. And, uh, hey, Bay of Plenty beating Wellington. You wouldn't have picked that at the start of the season. Yeah, definitely. What are, and of course, Tasman have really asserted their domination on the competition. 51 to points to 14 over Southland. And, of course, Mitch Hunt and Panayanuku were absolutely outstanding. That, that Tasman has really turned into a bit of a powerhouse in New Zealand rugby now. Oh, yeah. No, they're looking for a three-peat, aren't they? I mean, you've got the boy Havili at the back. You've got the big boy, I'll pronounce his name. I think it was Tava Tavaniawai on the wing. Fire and Newton talked about him. The Moore and Gordon Groovy. Look, they're just a talented team. They've got the stocks. They know how to win. And they're bruising players. They've got a bit, a bit of speed. But look, it starts up front. And I think um, they've got a very settled pack. Um, you know, they've got some All Blacks away too, but Renton, uh, Norris at number seven. I thought he was a very good player in the front row. Jeepers, they're shithouses, aren't they, Piggy? My thing is, I mean, they just love running with the ball. And hence, you can see the scoreline 51 14. Look, I felt a bit sorry for Southland. They're playing some steady rugby this year. Uh, Marty Banks is always uh, a key. Uh, plays a key role in their team, but he's only one man, and um, they just got out muscled, out bullied uh, by a better dominant Tasman team. And uh, yeah, it looks like that competition's there for the taking for them, isn't? Any, anyway, as we look forward to, well, I was going to say, look forward to the announcement at four o'clock, and of course, this will, um, in the Auckland area, yeah. not only does it affect the. Uh, the MPC team of North Harbour and counties and possibly counties Manukau were also talking about um, the Barbarians Cup, which is which is the New Zealand National Cup for the weight, weight age restriction, uh, restricted rugby competition. Yeah. Yep, and of course they've got until they've got the 16th to play their game. They may be coming in with at least one training run. Let's hope. That at least we can get to something next week. Um, I'm not. I'm not backing on it, um, AJ. I really don't believe that we will be. Uh, we will be in level three this week. Maybe looking towards it next week, and so hopefully we can get a bit of rugby. But it really affects a lot of things to do with sports within the Auckland region. AJ, you've heard my, you've heard my sermon. We don't even have to go to a domain together. So <laughs> on that note, thank you very very much. And we will be we will be in touch for next week. Um, just I'll get Paul just to, to thank you as as before we cut off. So we'll just get to a bit of music and we'll, we'll just, we're we're going to get through this show and we'll try and get a bit of we'll get a bit of music on and we'll try and get Mr. Bluey McLennan on talking about the NRL final. Yeah. 
that would hit just the music. Can I see if I can? It was, uh, you know, one of, one of those games where you, 
you know, the lungs got to work out. Both teams had to go right to the wire. I mean, gee, you know, Reynolds had the chance to to equalise twice there with a goal kick or a uh, drop goal. So that's how close it was. So, um, what an incredible effort by Penrith, mate! Uh, unbelievable. It was an it was an unbelievable effort because you know if you have a look at that Penrith side they were playing with very much an injured side you know like Nathan Cleary's got a uh, we would call in, in this world an old dicky shoulder um, we have um, we have the the, the likes of uh, him had a fantastic game Lawai him his combination with Lawai was fantastic but I'm going to speak about the forwards here Liam Martin. Kurt Cantwell, Isaiah Yo, uh, Billy Armour Kickow, those guys were fantastic. Their defence was just immense. Yeah, uh, yeah, Leota as well, uh, Coruscant, yeah, really good. Like what um, Penrith based their game on uh, winning territory. Uh, so the kicking game of, of Nathan Cleary was outstanding, as good as it gets. Uh, the chase game by the Forge that you mentioned, and, and you know, in the Penrith side, they really hunted out and put a lot of pressure on Blake Tafe and uh, and Paulo. Uh, a lot on the first, they were trying to catch them. Uh, you know, those first three tackles, relentless, caused, caused five um, goal line dropouts. Uh, yeah. So, yeah, they really went after uh, South and made them have to come out their own end and, and took took the juice out of them in that way. They certainly did. And, uh, and, and you have a look at it, look, while South, South Sydney really gave it a real, uh, real go, and I have to say that Cody Walker, you look at Cam Murray, Tom Burgess came on for Jai Arrow. They really played, they really played their, their hearts out, but... At the end of the day, it comes down to what was. It really comes down to how much pressure is put on them, and you know you saw you saw how much pressure there was in the grand final. Cody Walker has been fantastic all season, and just to throw that just to throw that intercept out for Stephen Crichton to score that try when it probably he probably picked out the wrong man where he where he had Dane Gagai in a perfect uh, position to run onto that ball. Yeah, that's right, and that, and that comes down to scoreboard pressure. You know, he's he's, he's trying to come up with a big play. Um, so, you know, and that that it's very very difficult for a team when you you just keep when you receive the ball, you look up and you've got ninety metres to go, and that was happening all night for the South. So it becomes tight, you know, it comes really tiring. So when you do. Sort of getting that midfield, uh, you, you feel like, gee, I, I, I've got to, I've got to create something here, and that's what Cody Walker was feeling. Um, I, you know, I, I thought South would get Penrith um, before the game because of the amount of uh, tough games that Penrith had to go through and the injuries they were carrying. It just, you know, this is a massive win for Ivan Cleary and his men. Uh, Absolutely outstanding. One of the toughest finals run that I can remember. Um, yeah, huge congratulations to, to Ivan and, and, and the Penrith team. Yeah, and 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 it was while while it wasn't a spectacular grand final, it is it it does just deserve to be a, a grand final. It had that intensity, and you know, like as much as 
before this game, I was actually felt that the, the Rabbitohs would just be that much better. But, you know, Penrith have done it hard. They've had some really tough games during the final series and they've really stepped up. And, you know, that comes down to a, a, a really good leadership group in there. And I think, you know, that... That that uh, Pampers, then Pampers forwards were fantastic. They had that intensity in there. I just felt at times uh, South, they, at times they they lacked a bit of urgency, Bluey. Well, I think South probably will uh, rue the fact they didn't uh, manage to get enough play on enough passes. Uh, in the first half, they started to a little bit before half time. You know, start to have some shifts, but it, it came down to Penrith. Like they put all their eggs in one basket in a sense of we're just going to kick, chase, and tackle. We're just going to make them come off their line all the time, and uh, a lot of energy goes into that because their line speed was incredible. Uh, so, you know, for South, they they probably needed to set up some shifts and and uh, a, a bit more. I think I think also there was sort of interchange, the interchanges. I think Wayne might have yep. wanted to have got Benji on a bit earlier because Benji can come on and play that middle role and get some pass happening, get get Reynolds and, and Cody Walker on the run. Um, uh, but, you know, he, he, he wasn't able to get him on until about 10 minutes before the end of the game, you know. So, um, yeah, look, interesting final. One for the purest. Uh, yeah, it was one for the purest. Not a lot of uh, pass action, but a lot of defensive qualities that uh, the old diehards like myself love. Oh, yeah. And, you know, on Benji Marshall, he only got 15 minutes in that grand final due, due to the fact, obviously, as we, we were saying, with, with the interchange and everything. Like, Benji Marshall possibly is the last game, and what a fantastic servant he has been to the game of rugby league, not only at the NRL, but uh, for the for the game here in New Zealand. He's been a fantastic ambassador and, you know, all praise to Benji. And, uh, you know, this may be his, his uh, uh, last hurrah at the NRL. He, has, he hasn't made his decision yet, but, you know, he's, he's just been immense. Yeah, well, 100%, mate. And, uh, good words for Benji, and he deserves them. Uh, he will go down as one of our greats. Uh, Benji, and you know whether he may decide to play on yet. Uh, that's yeah, you know, that's his call. But just um, you know, he's always shown a lot of resilience throughout his career, and sometimes I don't yeah. think he gets enough credit for that. Uh, I remember when he first uh, came on the scene, and he was just this electrifying young man who could step and beat. But he had to overcome about two or three uh, shoulder reconstructions in his earlier days, but. He always he always keeps fighting back. He's he's a premiership winner. He's a World Cup winner. Uh, yeah, well, you know if he does decide to hang it up and and say yeah that's that was my final game, that uh, he can do so proudly. And, and of course, on another note, Wayne Bennett is moving back to Brisbane, so that was his last coaching game for South Sydney, which I believe he's been absolutely immense for that club. And he, wherever Wayne Bennett goes, he can sort of like turn teams around from pretty much being mediocre to being actually contenders. And of course, the rumour is is that with the NRL extension, he is likely to be the coach of the expansion side in Brisbane. 
Yeah, that is right, and uh, he's he's not, you know, he he's not finished. He he feels he's got more. And uh, <laughs> looking on what he did with the South team, you would have to say yes, he has got plenty more. Uh, he is our greatest coach in rugby league. Uh, I think, um, you know, another uh, another great effort by the South. I mean, six, you know, five, six weeks ago when Latrell Mitchell got suspended for the rest of the season, we were all saying that was it for South. And yet he gets them to the grand final and uh, only lose by two points. So uh, another wonderful e- effort by the, by the master um, and Wayne Bennett. He, he 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 has been well. He was described on this on. Well, I was going to mention the other station which you casually appear on, but I don't mind that. Um, I heard what they they actually said. They 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 compare him to rugby league's version of uh, Sir Alex Ferguson. His just man management of players and how he deals with situations and how he deals with with uh, players. So um, so to me, I. I I hope that uh, the the old the, the wily old fox is back in there coaching uh, the Brisbane expansion team and I, and he'll bring someone through to coach. But you know I think his efforts this season have been immense. He's really done quite well. So yeah, yeah, he has. Just on one thing, next week we we might as well put the season in review. And when what I what I wouldn't mind actually picking from you is picking your fourth. Your three best players of the NRL season for next week. Um, I've got my list, and um, we can, we can have a chat. We can review. We can obviously review uh, the NRL season. Obviously, look ahead to next season, and also we'll have a bit of a chat about the Warriors. So, um, so yep. we'll just we'll get on to that next week. Sorry, I'm just losing my voice a bit. So, anyway, Bluey, uh, thank you very much, and uh, we'll catch up next week and enjoy the rest of the week. And hopefully we get on to some sort of uh, level where we can get back to normality. 100%. Absolute pleasure. Thank you. Cheers. Cheers, Bluey. Okay, that was Bluey McLennan on the line. Great. What a fantastic... What a fantastic man it is on, is on, uh, on rugby league. So we'll, just get, so we'll get on to Noel Barclay next. We'll talk a bit of BPL. I'll tell you what, it's not getting any better for Manchester United. So um, I will try and contact Mr Barclay while, we, while, while, while things have been sorted in the background and uh, we'll work from there. OK, so we won't be too far. But I couldn't
Everyone, welcome back to the Whispering Sports Review here on Planet FM and, of course, the old EPL. Jesus, there was a cracking match uh, uh, this morning. And, of course, to speak to us is my old, my old mate uh, on, on, the, on the rock in Waiheke. The mayor, the unofficial mayor of Waiheke, former white, Noel Barclay. Good afternoon to you, Noel. Good afternoon, Eamon. Um, and uh, on the rock for a couple of weeks longer, I would suspect. Um, let, but let's see this afternoon. Yeah. Oh, don't, don't worry. We, 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 we won't be gathering in places there in no mass. Anyway, what a, what a weekend of uh, EPL. And, of course, um, this morning's game, Liverpool 2, Manchester City 2. And, of course, that was a hell of a game, and of course, um, anyone who gets a chance to go to YouTube and have a look at our Mo Salah as well. But what a fantastic game, though! And two, and really two very, very good teams. Yeah, look, it was a cracker, and uh, you can't help but think that probably they're the you know, they're the two best teams at the minute. And saying that, Man City for me were, were were the better team on the day. Liverpool were. But patchy in the first half. Man City didn't really get the dominance, turned into goals. Um, yeah, Man City a bit lucky with a penalty call with in the first half, um, and also you know, James Milner should have walked in the second half. I mean, I there's, there's nobody in the world that thinks otherwise at this point, apart from the Scousers. So yeah, cracking game, a good result for the neutrals, um, point each. And you look at that top four: it's Chelsea, Liverpool, Man City, and Man United. No surprise there. Yeah, and of course, well, we might as well move on to the uh, Man U um, Everton game one all. But the proof is on Ole Gunnar Solskjaer. He is um, he he he's under pressure because not only okay they had a win midweek against Villarreal, but that was thanks to Cristiano Ronaldo's last last play of the game. But really, you know, against Everton, they they could have potentially lost that game again. Yeah, and it wasn't a full strength Everton. You know, they were without um, Calvert Lewin and, and Carlitson and two or three other of their better players. So it was a really gutsy performance from them. Disappointing from, from Man United. Um, you know, he continues to to um, stick with McTominay and Fred. Nobody really gets that at the minute apart from Ollie. He's two points. Man United are two points ahead of Spurs, and they're saying that Nuno Nuno's under pressure. Well, Ollie Gunnar Solskjaer has. Um, an unbelievable run of games when after the international break you know, Liverpool, Spurs, Chelsea Man City and a couple of games against Atalanta so we'll be interested to see where things sit at the end of November if he pulls through that and, and we're still in touch with the top four he's got a chance but uh, I honestly think um, um, Man United fans are a bit split on this I'm probably more Ollie out than Ollie in at the minute I just think at some point they're going to have to you know, get a better coach he's, he's a a legend of the club and and um, nobody wants to see him get fired but unfortunately nobody's bigger than the club yep yeah, you did right there of course Chelsea had a free one win over Southampton Timo Werner really now beginning to show like last season was was quite disappointing but was fantastic in this game now um, and of course Wolves had a 2-1 win over Newcastle Pressure. You talk about pressure on Salter. What about pressure on Steve Bruce at the moment? He's really going for a lot of pressure. Yeah, I mean, I just was reading about that this morning. Actually, I mean, it, it seems like um, Ashley is just doesn't want to pay him out. There's obviously, you know, there's um, other coaches, Eddie Howe and and um, Frank Lampard, and a few people sort of <laughs> scrounging around looking for the next role. And um, look, you know, he, he's 
dead man walking. I think at some point they're going to have to let him go. The fans, if the fans revolt against the manager and the players revolt against the manager, there's sort of nowhere to go. And um, Ashley's historically always just paid people off and got rid of them. But I mean, the big the big surprise for me this morning was um, Brentford beating West Ham at West Ham. Oh, fantastic one! I mean, yeah, I mean, them and Brighton. You know, but one thing we said before the season start, we felt that Brentford would probably stay up. And, of course, they had a 2-1 win over West Ham. I know a few of my West Ham mates were, were talking what a... We're very much flying high this week. This might send them on to a bit of a reality check. And, of course, Brighton keep on getting points. And, of course, they've, you know, they've done a fantastic... Uh, Graham Potter at uh, Brighton's done a fantastic job with, you know, with limited resources. No. Yeah, just goes to show you, you know, you can spend all that money. I mean, Man United's got a, a billion dollar, New Zealand billion dollar wage bill, and, you know, it's lucky to be a tenth of that. So, yeah, and, and, and unfortunately, this is this is what's going to come and hurt some of these coaches like Ollie. You know, they've spent the money, but you've still got to actually coach the team, pick mm. the right players and make yeah. the right substitutions. And um, <clears throat> these smaller clubs, it's absolutely great to see Brentford and, and Brighton up there, um, up at the big boys. But, you know, there's only... One or two points separating all of those teams. Again, I think it's going to be the most exciting premiership in a long time. Uh, international break always causes some of the big clubs heartaches with travel yeah. and sickness and injuries and so on. So uh, it's all about who's going to be healthy in the next couple of weeks. Of course, we might as well get on to some of the other results. And, of course, uh, Leeds had a one to win over Watford. Uh, Burnley nil, Norwich nil. Apparently, the game was that bad that uh, basically, if you had insomnia, this was the cure for it. But uh, Crystal Palace 2, Leicester 2. And, of course, we talk about pressure on managers. Um, Brendan Rodgers just cannot seem to be to get a win at the moment at Leicester. <laughs> they blew a 2-0 yeah, lead. You know, I did watch the highlights of uh, the extended highlights of that game, and um, evidently, Palace absolutely murdered him in the first half. And of course, they, they give a really bad goal away that the central defender um, and a natural scored on his birthday. So yeah, he can't buy a win, and um, two bad two bad results in Europe. And I think they've got six points or something like that. So yeah, a bit of a disaster from a, a club that they thought was going to be pushing for top four. But he's a good manager. He's got a good squad of players. Just they haven't got him right at the minute. And um, I do I do say they're coming right at some point. I do worry about Burnley, of course. I did see some of that Burnley game, and um, yeah, I did fall asleep just about. And there was basically nothing to shout about. And that was a that was a game that Burnley really needed to win, especially at home against a team like Norwich, who, who basically lost every game. Yeah, they certainly have, and of course, we, of course, uh, the, um, this week we'll be coming up to the international window, and of course, the All Whites will be playing, and um, we'll be playing in that international window. So I'm looking really forward to that. So, you know, there are a number of crucial World Cup qualifiers around, and of course, of course. Um, we have, uh, I believe that Danny, Danny Hay, the always coach, and maybe looking to him and his family maybe relocating offshore for quite a while until they get an MIT spot. No. Wow, is that right? I, I hadn't heard that. I would have thought that would have been would have been all all resolved. Um, yeah, I guess if he goes there with his with his management team, because it just won't be Danny. It'll be his his manager and his assistant coach and and those sort of yeah. people. So. Yeah, it makes it very complicated. I, I really do feel sorry for some of these sports stars um, that are struggling to get back in here. Um, I, I think they're a special case. 
um, they're, they're, they're representing New Zealand and they're, you know, they're, they're put themselves in difficult situations to support the country and, and, and I do think they're a special case. I know that's not everybody's point of view, but um, yeah, I, I do feel sorry for them. Cricket, football, no matter what it is, golf, um, as you know, we've got a number of sporting events next uh, next year in uh, New Zealand, of course. Um, one being one will be the uh, Women's World Cup and the of cricket and rugby, which will be, you know, I'm really hoping that the MIQ spots are really sorted for those participants because we really need to have, uh, we really need, especially in the Auckland area, we need to get sports back up and running. And that and that that's also affecting uh, local football within uh, the Auckland area as well too. Yeah, and you know we sort of. I mean, I, I'm um, I'm working on the LOC for the Cricket World Cup, so you know that the MIT spots have already been um, set aside, oh, and that's right. public knowledge, and that, that that's that's really positive. Um, but yeah, we need we it's you know we need to um, we need to get back to some sort of normal, and I'm sure that's going to happen towards the end of the year. And um, like like when we get out of the last lockdown, people just wanted to go to stuff, um, and to have a World Cup on your doorstep is, is a hell of an opportunity. Oh, it is. It is, and you know, I, I look forward to any sporting. I look forward to sporting events, and I think that most people in the Auckland area, even if there was simply been uh, being played, I think you'd probably get a decent crowd under level one at the moment. <laughs> yeah, that's for sure, and uh, I'm sure we'll 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 fill up Eden Park 20th and 21st of March. England, England, New Zealand, and um, India. India versus oh, what do you think? South Africa, I think. Yeah, yeah. So um, big games coming. Well, well, well. You may you, you, you may see me there, Noel. Um, so you know, if you see me there, be be kind, as I, as, I, as the prime minister says. <laughs> yep. Absolutely yeah. will be. Anyway, oh well, well, I'm pleased to hear that. Anyway, no, it was great having a chat. Um, we'll have a bit of a chat on the all-whites game next week, and um, other internationals going through the um, going through the World Cup. Because to tell you what, it's not just Europe. There's North America's qualifiers, South America's qualifiers, Asia qualifiers. Where we can keep an eye on some of those who potentially could be our playoff contenders. Noel, thank you very, yeah. very much, and um, you have a uh, fantastic uh, rest of the week, Noel. And let's hope. For a, a bit of good news, but um, I'm expecting us to be in level three. Yeah, I think so. But anyway, we're, we're still living and breathing, and uh, we're better off than most, so uh, no complaining. Oh, absolutely. Anyway, take care, Noel. Okay, so that was Noel Barclay. Thank you, buddy. So I'm going to get hold. Yeah, cheers. Okay, that was Noel Barclay, and um, great. he's a fantastic football analyst, really knows his stuff, and uh, Noel was involved with the uh, Women's Cricket World Cup. So, you know, I'll be I'll be tapping his shoulder for a bit of, uh, hopefully, hospitality. So uh, on that, um, we'll, we'll move on to the Silver Tongue, Silver Fox, Sean Summerfield. Now I'm just going to try and give him a call. And we're going to talk, we're going to do a, talk a bit of rugby, motorsports and heroes and villains. So we'll get a bit of music out there and I'll give the old Silver Tongue, Silver Fox a call.
you, everyone. Welcome back to the West Prince Sports Review. And, of course, we come to the panel time, the sensible part of the show, the old silver tongue, silver fox, Mr Sean Summerfield. How are you, man? Good, mate. Yourself? Well, it's been a bit of a hectic day. I think every, every pink uh, technology must be against me. The, the gods, the technology gods are against me. But what a fantastic game of rugby at the weekend, mate. I really enjoyed that. What did you think? Oh, I i got to say, it's probably the most enjoyable all-back loss I've ever watched. Um, I, I, I thought it was a great game of rugby, and then the all-blacks were the all-blacks uh, were beaten. Actually, you know what? The all-blacks did lose it as well, because I think there's a difference, and it's it's crazy for the second week in a row basics. You know, um, if if they're beating you at the front of the line-out, then don't throw it at the front of the line-out. Work it out. Um, you know, I, I just silly things like that are frustrating. At the end of a game, all they had to do was retain the ball, and again, they know what to do. And I don't know if these guys are inexperienced and overexcited. Um, I think there was some wonderful play from the All Blacks. Um, I, I don't know, Eamon. Um, tell me I'm wrong here. I, I'm not sure about David Havili. You know what? Uh, I, I've got my doubts on David Harvey. I think, and personally, I actually think our midfield is a real issue at the moment. And, you know, a lot of people criticise the likes of Jack Goodhue, but Jack Goodhue's a good player. He's smart. He's intelligent. He knows when to when to run, when to hold back a bit. I just believe we're actually really missing the likes of Jack Goodhue. Leonard Brown first came back for a while, but it, it just they just look we just look so indecisive in there and. And fairness to David Harvey, if Jack Goodhue's back there, who are you going to play? You're going to play Jack Goodhue, aren't you? Oh, look, exactly. And and the thing is, at that level, you know, you crash and bash, you might get away with the old time in Super Rugby and all the time in, in NPC. I'm sorry, it's a different thing. Test Rugby, you're not going to pull it off. You, you're not that big and strong. Um, they've got them sorted out. There isn't the space and time. And, and your best midfielders are people that, players that can create doubt in the opposition and players that don't feel that they've got to be the star players. That's why people like Wattle Little mm. and, um, oh. oh gosh, uh, Bernie yep. McHale, all these, these people that were prepared to, to be in between and, and do their job and pick their moment and not go every time, um, and give their wingers and, and their, and their fullback space and time. Look, again, that's just my opinion. I think there were some awesome players. Well, I'm, every week goes by, I'm I'm further and further enamoured with Ethan Blackadder, not just because of the, oh, yeah. the whole myth of the father and son, but he is he is the, the sort of all black we need, you know, and um, a bit of that, that Mark Shaw sort of toughness as well there. I think it's just, well, top Blackadder toughness. But he's incredibly athletic. He's, he's handy in the line-out. He's, he's just, just fantastic. But, I, yeah, I just think that we're not creating enough question and doubt in that back line. And, hey, South Africa um, actually outplayed the All Blacks. And um, a couple of interesting decisions. But, you know, you can't blame yeah. that. I, I actually enjoyed, enjoyed the game. I had my race, and I'll give it that. Well, well, to me, I have to agree with you, Sean. It was a game, as I said, Tony Johnson said, will rugby actually need it? 
and it was and it really got the excitement on there. But you know, when we talk about our midfield, you know, like we have, we have phases and generationals in rugby where we where we've played there. So one good thing you mentioned Walter Little. Walter Little had players second guessing what he was going to do next. And at the moment, within New Zealand rugby, especially with, in midfield, we're playing the same one dimensional play we've played since the 80s. It's the crash and bang. Well, oh, mate, all these players that they realise you sometimes got to do your job and and sort of and be the link and, and make the play happen and going up and crashing and potentially turning it over, no, that just doesn't work. Especially now with the the, the defensive lines up so so tight, that, that's just just what happens. But look, in the end. Um, it, it was it was a great game of rugby. The way the score seesawed in those mm. last eight minutes was just enthralling. And you know, mm. I think mm-hmm. made of South African rugby strong. I think world rugby strong. I, I I have to agree with you, and I think it was a game to the ages. And I think you know, like we've got a Northern tour. Uh, we're starting our Northern tour in a few weeks' time. Um, I know you disagreed with me, but I potentially see France. The French game is a game we we should be. I think everyone should watch because this is a game I, I believe the French could really test us on this Northern Tour, as could the Irish and as could the Welsh on this tour. So well, hey, nothing. I've been able to watch. They've, they've had some good good training uh, watching the All Blacks play. They've got all as the Americans would say they've, they've they've got the film there. They've got the team worked oh, out. Yeah. And um, yeah, that's that. I mean, what a what a weekend for sport. I know you like me to talk about motorsport. I'm just going to just quickly preempt you and just say Liam Lawson uh, retaken oh, the lead. He yeah. lost it for a moment, got it back in DTM with Stuart Turing cars yep. racing the Ferrari, and uh, he's leading going into the final round, which is raced at a place called the Norris Ring. Now I'm going to talk about this, Simon. I think you're going to love this. Yeah. I've actually been in a DTM car on this track. And it's a, sort of a road course, but it's permanent, if that makes sense. And it's raced in between, a lot of it's between concrete walls. And the reason they're concrete walls is it's actually the old Nazi Party rally grounds in Nuremberg. Oh. So this is oh. where you see the famous photos of all Hitler holding his things. It's where the Marines knocked down the giant swastika at the end of the war. And it's, um, yeah, it's, it's, it's crazy. It's worth looking up. It's called the Norris Ring, N O. R-I-S ring look it up people it is worth looking up to find out the history of this place and it was sort of chilling to go there but an amazing motorsport venue and this is where that final round is going to be raced in between those walls it's um, it's 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 insane (laughs) Um, and that's pretty exciting for Liam and of course he yesterday we found out he's uh, been confirmed for a test uh, drive session in Abu Dhabi ahead of the Grand Prix there, racing in the uh, he'll be driving the Alpha Tauri, which is sort of the Red Bull second team. There used to mm-hmm. be Tyro Rosso. He'll be driving their car in a proper Formula One test. So, well, awesome, right Liam Lawson. Yeah, yeah, and you know, really, he is. Yeah. Hello? I got an email from you, and I've got to say I'm impressed with your preparation. And you said I had to pick a hero and a villain. And I thought yeah. about that and I thought, I'm just going to give you a villain. And I actually don't mind this bloke, but Grant Robertson, um, he's Minister of Sport, Recreation. He's 
Deputy Prime Minister, and, mate, he could have dealt with this MMA thing, the UFC fighters and all this fuss, and it's just it's just been... I mean, hey, fair enough for them speaking up, but I'm sorry if they can look after one team, they can look after all. You don't have to be a fan. I'm not a fan of, of this. I think it hurts too much, but but it's got a huge following, and I think they were just short-sighted there. It's not like the, the whole squad they had to find spots for an MIQ, and they should have worked with them. So I'm sorry, Grant, but you're my villain. But I want to talk about a hero, Iman, because... Rugby was a pretty thrilling game on Saturday night, but that NRL final last night was an absolute yeah, nail biter. And my my hero, it's, it's another father and son too, eh? Um, but but Cleary, that was just just amazing to get the Clive Churchill medal to kick like he did in that game. I'm sure the old Mount Albert Lions were were pretty excited to to watch their former junior doing his thing, but um. Mate, it was some of those kicks were just insane to pull off at any stage of the season, but to pull them off in the final, I know he, he missed a tackle that leads to a try, which wasn't too flash, but no, just just brilliant. So he, he's my hero, and, and Ivan Cleary, I was lucky enough to deal with the Warriors over the years um, mm. as, as a reporter, and um, absolute amazing bloke as a player and a coach, and... Um, you know, I've, I could not criticise anything about the bloke, and um, just an amazing. He's got this dynasty now, and I was sort of quietly cheering for South. So just, I don't know why. <laughs> Maybe because I wanted to see Benji Marshall up there again, another top bloke. But um, yeah, it was just good to watch it as a, as a neutral and enjoy the game. And I don't know if you you might say I've completely got it wrong. I'm not a great student of league, but um, I thought it was just amazing. I, I, have to, I, I have to say you got it dead on, so I'm going to move on to my villain, and my villain is the Manchester United manager, a very nice guy, Ole Gunnar Solskjaer. He has got a billion dollar team, and they're playing like crap, and it doesn't come down to the players, it comes down to performance. You have been given so much money, Mr Solskjaer, and you haven't proved it. You haven't proved it. And the, and the faithful at Old Trafford deserve better, especially when you've got a team of Ronaldo, Fernandes, Podba, um, Podba, De Gea, you have Manchester United fans deserve better, and it's not just the players, I believe it's down to the coach, and I say to the management at Manchester United up at the top end, get us a decent manager, because we need to win trophies. I don't know who they need, Who? Do you know who they need? Who? Don't you say Benga. <laughs> no, Ted Lasso. Oh, yeah, well, he's great. Hey, I'll tell you what, you're talking about Ted Lasso. Coach, coach of the year, Ted Lasso, mate. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> anyway, Ted, Ted Lasso, uh, uh, the funny thing is they had an American guy who used to coach Swansea in the um, Premier League known as Bob Bradley, a very good football coach, and people like um, our old mate Brian Nelson has played under him, and and, se- and several times when he was in the U.S., but he was known as because he coached the, I think it was the Oklahoma Bobcats in football, and he was known as Bobcat Pob, and he used to say, to, you know, we've got a PG there and everything like that. But anyway, so that anyway, I better get on to my hero just before we close, Benji Marshall. Um, while, while not a winner on the day, 
He has left the NRL and left Rugby League in a better place than, than he found it. He has been an ambassador to this game and has been an absolute hero. He is an example for young people to look up to and he is the person that I have utmost respect for. No, you did yeah, on anyway. that. And you know what? If he'd have come on five minutes earlier last night at the end, I, he was the guy that could have made the difference. He he is the spark, oh. you know, and that's amazing because 20 years on, he is still the player with a spark. He absolutely is. And I think, you know, like we we, we look at him, yeah, he had a failed period in, in rugby, but hey, the guy's a professional, and I know people that were at the Blues when he was here, and they just said one of the most professional guys when he turned up, he was so professional. And I think, you know, it just didn't quite work out from Rugby Union, but what a fantastic ambassador. Anyway, mate, as we look forward to this announcement on uh, uh, 4 o'clock, I think we're going to be more of the same. Sean? Oh, I bloody well hope not. I, I fear you're right, but... I hope you're not. I mean, no, is to think that one thing uh, our Prime Minister, I think, is more scared of than COVID is public opinion. So I'm just, I'm just hope she realises Auckland's self-selecting anyway. Let's just get on, be careful under two and try and live our lives because, mate, the people that are, that are playing up at the moment causing our problems are doing it under level four, three or two. They don't give a damn. So, uh, yeah, yeah, the good buggers are going without and it's not helping it. But that's just where I'm at. And I have to say, and I, I definitely agree with you there, Sean, and of course you are one of the good buggers like I am, and I have to say to you, 